0: It's good to change things up every once in a while anyway keeps you guessing keeps you from keeps it from getting stale amen but doing it for a reason you know it's it praise god for the holy ghost and i say this i've actually said this a lot lately but it just it just always blesses me whoever's leading on a sunday morning i don't tell them what i'm going to preach because i usually don't know what i'm going to preach till shortly before and but they, they, by the Spirit, they pick songs. I was, just, I was listening to them this morning as they were practicing. I was in the back, but I can hear it back there. And, and I heard these songs, and I just started laughing. I was like, this is amazing. Because it's not just this one, it's the last one, too. You know, this, it's, it's, God is wanting to tell us something, amen? amen? God's wanting us to know something and to be able to live in a certain way. That uh, is, but he needs, our, he needs help. He needs help for us to get there because we're not always there yet. We're not, we're, we're not, how many of you are there? How many of you got it all figured it out? Because if you do, we have coffee in the back. You could just go back and just have some coffee. Otherwise, stick around. We're going we're gonna to learn some more. Amen? Amen? Amen. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. It's where we've been starting for quite a while now. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, beginning with verse 9, says, But as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. These things has God has revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. The things that we've been learning since the first of the year are are about the depths of God. Now, as I've been going through it, and and you can go back in the the video and and watch them and and see them, you know, in order and hear all. I'm not going to go all the way back. I'm just going to repeat a couple of things. But as you do that, you see the depths of God are not... They're not brand new, you know. They've been in the Bible for 20, you know, 2,000 years. They've been in the Spirit of God since the beginning. They were in Him before the beginning. It's just that as he reveals them, we're, we, we need to grasp a hold of them and use them. You know, the Bible wasn't written just so you, you, know, you could just make it, just barely make it. barely Barely survive. The Bible wasn't written just so that, oh God, just get in by the skin of your teeth. You know there's actually a verse in the Bible that talks about we can get in by the skin of our teeth? You didn't know that, did you? It's in Proverbs. It says, some will get in by the skin of their teeth. Nobody, somebody you know, r- r- lately didn't make up that saying in the last couple hundred years. That, that God's talking about you, you can make it into heaven by the skin of your teeth. We don't want to do that. He's created you. He's, created, he's given everything you need. He's given the deep things of God so that you can be an overcomer. That you can be more than a conqueror. That you can be more. You can be exceedingly abundantly blessed and you can be a part of the answer in these end days. How many of you noticed that the world's a mess? But instead of looking at it and going, oh, it's a a mess, and lamenting, and oh, you know, and woe is us. No, be the difference. He's created you to to be the difference, to be victorious. And he's given us everything we need to be victorious. Turn to somebody, look them right square in the eyes and go, you know what, you're a victor. Turn to somebody else and tell them, you're more than a conqueror. Turn to somebody else and go, you're not a loser. That last one may actually encourage them more than the first two. You're not a loser. You're not, you weren't created to be a loser. Doesn't matter what anybody's ever told you. The world's trying to tell you every day you're a loser. You're not a loser. You've been made in the image of God. To be a conqueror, to be victorious, to be, to to win this thing. And take a bunch of people with us. Amen? Amen. Amen. Then we talked about 2 Peter 1.5. Turn there. 2 Peter 1.5. This is the, the text I'm going to be talking about a ton today. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 5 says, For this very reason, because you're a winner, because he's created you to be a winner, because he's created you to win. For this very reason. in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. Therefore, brothers, verse 10, therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election. For if you practice these qualities, you will never fail." If you practice this stuff, and I mean practice, I'm not just saying, hey, I, there was a, a number of years, there was a number of years when I was training, I was, you know, and you, some of you remember that, I was training for a, dump, a number of different things, before that I was having some health issues, and I couldn't, I couldn't walk a mile, let alone run a mile, I couldn't do one push-up, less, let alone whatever, and I began to train. But if I, if I just decided, because you know, there was a point a number of years ago during COVID, When some things change and I quit training, (laughs) you know you can have trained, have been being trained, and having that. But if you, it says, if you have these qualities and you continue to practice, if you practice, you know it's good to practice. When you practice these things, you'll stay in shape. Now, that's the one thing is then do it in the physical. You can do physical exercise and be in shape. But you know, you have to be spiritually in shape. And if you're not spiritually in shape, now, now round is a shape. <laughs> <laughs> now, if you think, you know, just translate that over to spiritual. You know, you can be spiritually round, Don't be spiritually round, be spiritually fit, ready to take on the, the war, the fight, and we'll, we'll get there more and more every day. So, remember we talked about, it says here in, in the uh, uh, ESV, it says, supplement your faith, supplement your virtue, supplement, add to, add to. Supplement means add to, which we talked about is going deeper. What you believe and what you have faith for today is only to get you ready to have what you need faith for tomorrow. And then there's more that you're going to need faith for the next day. He keeps adding weight. If you've ever lifted weights. You know, you don't just take 15 pounds, bench press it and go, "Good enough. I bench press today." If you want to get stronger, what do you have to do? You have to start adding weight. You have to start adding reps. Is that fun? You know, some people think it's fun. Some people actually enjoy lifting weights. They get off on the, what is it, the endorphins, you know, that are getting released. Some people like running 10 miles, you crazy, weird people. <laughs> I saw some of you runners out there smiling and their spouses But the same thing with our spirituality, with our, with our Christianity. We need to keep working out, which means we need to keep going through harder and harder things. Oh, gosh, it got quiet. Did you feel that? It's I could actually feel that, that silence there. It's like, I don't want to go through harder and harder things. I don't, I, what do you mean by go, you have to go through harder and harder things? In this world, you will have trouble. Oh, If you knew what I know, you'd be a lot more depressed than you are right now. (laughs) What? (laughs) What? Because here's the deal. Here's the deal. The Lord told me, I'm going to be on this topic for a couple of weeks, maybe even a few weeks, because we need to get past this, this fear of issues, this fear of trouble. The world is full of troubles. The sooner you admit that and go, okay, let's go. I'm ready. I want, to, I, want to, I'm, I want to be more than a conqueror. I want to do as much as I can for the kingdom. Okay, Lord, what do I have to do to train? He goes, all right, today we're going to deal with this. And he's given you enough grace today to get through the stuff you have to get through today. But learn your lessons well. And we're going to talk a lot about this. We're going to talk, learn your lessons well because when you learn your, your lessons well today, tomorrow... You'll be able to build on that to the next level. He'll be able to build on that to the next level. Oh, let's turn to somebody and go, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Yeah, I heard a couple of you do that. So how do we go deeper? How do we go deeper? We become disciples. How do we go deeper in the things of God? You become a disciple. You can be a believer. And not be deep. You can have your feet wet in the pool. But you're not enjoying the whole pool. It's not why the pool was created. It was for you to just have get your toes wet. The pool was created. The ocean, the things, things to swim in were created. You know, how many of you have ever snorkeled? Anybody here ever snorkeled? You know, you tried. Well, you don't breathe underwater. you got to wait till you come to the top and... It, there's way a lot cooler stuff out there in the deeper water. How many of you've ever like what is, what's the scuba? I mean, Is that really a word? scuba? Scuba. Scuba dive There, there. That's the word. contained underwater breathing Wow. There you go. You've scuba'd. Yeah, exactly. There, it, there's way cooler things down deep, isn't there? Yes. I've talked to people who've done it. I haven't done it, but I've talked to people that they've swam through ships and stuff and under another, that's cool but you got to go deeper a disciple goes deeper in the things of God what is a disciple what is a biblical disciple and we we got to help me help me and correct me if I'm wrong here I wrote it down one who follows closely after the discipler or the leader to learn to do the things that he or she does for the reason he or she does them one who follows closely after the disciple to learn the things that he does for the reason he does it. Jesus said, go into all the world and, 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 and make, make believers in all the world. He didn't say that. He didn't say believers, did he? I even, I even stumbled over it because I was trying to quote the verse and then put believers, I couldn't do it. Not, not with a straight face. He said, go and make disciples. He didn't say go and get a whole bunch of people in by the skin of their teeth. I mean, praise God, you know. I mean, I led a, I led a guy to the Lord one one time. You know, by God's grace, it was you know in a hospital. I'm not going to tell the whole story. I led him to the Lord at four or five o'clock in the afternoon. He died the next morning. Praise God! I'll get to heaven, and he's gonna, I know he's going to give me a hug. But he got in by the skin of his teeth. That's not what it's about. It's about being a disciple. It's about being a follower of Christ and doing the things that he did for the reasons that he did them. And how do we do that? How how do we become a disciple? And I'm gonna tell you it's doing what we're talking about today. It's talking about going deeper, adding to your faith. What is faith? means I believe God. That's where it starts. Faith is where it starts. You have to believe that God exists and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. You have to believe that he's good. You have to believe that he has good things planned for you. And when he says something in the word, you have to believe it's true. Well, but I've got a whole bunch of, 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 of excuses why it doesn't work. I, I have a whole bunch of examples why it didn't work. Well, then those are lying symptoms, lying symptoms. Situations, Because the word of God, God does not lie. If he's, if he's given you a promise, that promise is for it to work. Amen. And if it doesn't work, there's a different reason. Not, not because he's not good or he can't. It's because many other reasons. But faith is, I believe God, virtue. Add to your faith virtue. What's virtue? Moral goodness, moral excellence. As like modesty or purity. So it means getting your life sorted out. When you came back to the Lord, may, you know, my guess is that you weren't full of purity, except for my wife. When my wife, I'm sure, she was perfect in every way to begin with. I need points, guys, just so you know. Hopefully you guys did really good things on Valentine's Day. We ate leftovers, but I put a candle between us. So there you go. <laughs> That's why I need points. <laughs> exactly. Add to your virtue the knowledge of Christ. Add to, your, add, to, add to virtue knowledge. Know more about him. Get in the word. Read the word. Read the word. Study. Come to Bible studies. Go to, you know, come to church. Where you Get more and more knowledge. Listen to stuff online. Where do I continue to grow? I continue to grow by reading the word. Still, after all these years, I still read the word and I still learn, and I listen to, to people older and smarter than me, and even some younger and smarter than me. Grow, 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 grow. Add to your knowledge self-control. We talked about self-control last week. One who masters his deci- desires and passions. Have you mastered your every desire and passion? Probably not. I had somebody send me, they, they tempted me this week, sent me a picture of key lime pie that they were having for breakfast. Wow. Wow, Paul. Wow. <laughs> but I was fine. I was fine. I took it. But there, I think I, I had no key lime pie available. If it was in front of me, it would have been gone, you know. But do you, do you have or is the word of God is the knowledge of Christ? Is it working in you that it's actually changing you into the likeness of Jesus? Because if it's not, if it's not growing and you're not practicing it But here's the fun one. This is the one we're going to spend at least today, if not a couple days. Add to, add to your self-control steadfastness. Steadfastness. That's a weird word. We don't use steadfastness in our daily communication every day. What does that mean? What does steadfastness mean? Well, the biblical in the blue letter Bible, the biblical definition of steadfastness is constancy. Constancy, being constant, being always constant in everything that you're going through, no matter how it looks. You know, it's easy, it's easy to move. On the shore. It's easy to move with your feet in the water. You can run. You can, I mean, you've, you've ever ran on the beach. You know? I mean, I don't mean run for, I mean, you're just like, hey, frolicking or whatever. You know, you're running on, it's easy to run up there, but you go out in the deep, it's really hard to move. You know, it's like you're in slow motion. It's a good workout, but it's it's harder to do it because you're in the deep, you know. But we're not supposed to be on the shore. We're supposed to go deeper. So if we're going to go deeper in God, we're going to be constantly, we're going to be constant in whatever situation we find ourselves in. We're going to be constantly believing God, walking in moral goodness, uh, standing in the knowledge of Christ, and dealing with our self-control, our mastery, and our desires, no matter what the situation is. Doesn't matter if it's a good situation or a hard situation, he wants you to be consistent. How do you become consistent? Good question. Glad you asked that, Jim. How do you be steadfast? Well, we're going to talk about that a ton. Go to John chapter 15. John chapter 15 verse 18. put your arm around somebody you know close to you say it's going to be okay hang on hang on cuz we're going to go we're going to go through some rough we're going to go go through some bumpy parts here but hang on it's okay John chapter 15, beginning with verse 18. If the world hates you, know that it has hated me. This is Jesus speaking right before the crucifixion, hours before his trial, hours before his beatings, hours before the crucifixion. He's saying this to his disciples. If the world hates you, know that it has hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world world would love you as its own. But because you are not of this world, but but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. Let me read that again, just so you catch it. If they persecuted me, Jesus said, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will also keep yours. But all these things, verse 21, but all these things they will do to you on account of my name because they do not know him who sent me. Jesus gave us a heads up at the very beginning. If they persecuted him, they're going to persecute us if they've if they picked on him if they maligned him if they lied about him if they called him names and they did call him names it's not written down in the bible but they said we know who your father we know who your mother is but we don't know who your father is i know i mean translate that for me don't not, not out loud we're on tv okay we know who your mother is, but we're not sure who your father is. If they persecuted Jesus, why are we, why are we surprised that they persecute us? But now I'm going to throw something else out at you, and, and, and you know you still love me, you got to love me, right? That's what the word says. If you've not been persecuted and you're not being persecuted... Then I'll just throw it out there. You look like them. They think you're one of them. Mm -hmm. Well, that just that's feel-good sermon of the spring. (laughs) But here's the deal: we're supposed to be here to show the difference between light and darkness. We've been called to be here. If if I I've been persecuted. I've been persecuted by the best of them. I've been persecuted by heathens. When I started sharing you know, my testimony my, you know, with my friends, they told me, Get out of here. I don't ever want to see you again. Don't ever come to my house. Get out. I had one guy yell at a, at a break table over lunch when I was you know, at, at lunch at work, and he yelled across the table, He says, I liked you better before. I've been persecuted. By people that I've been witnessing to, people, people. They, oh, apparently I, we've arrived. I just want to let you know I'm so excited. The staff told me this week that our our videos and our our, our uh, reels on online are getting people saying that I'm a false teacher. Hallelujah! <laughs> Thank you, Jesus, that I'm a heretic. Glory to God, because <laughs> they called Jesus the same thing. They called Paul the same thing. They called the. If they, if they persecute you, it's because you're, they're, you know, if they're persecuting you or me, that's because they persecute him. I, we did. I, I had a little celebration on Monday morning. I thought that was exciting. I was counted, I was counted worthy. Hallelujah. So bring it on. They haven't thrown anything yet. But if they do, they threw stuff at Jesus. They threw things at Paul. Why are we so afraid of persecution? You want to know why? I, I didn't. I, I was going to throw that out as a rhetorical question, but as soon as I said, "Why are we? Why are we afraid of persecution?" the Holy Spirit just said, "Pride." Because I don't want to be treated that way. I want to be liked. I want to be respected. I want to be honored. You know, I've been persecuted by the church. Not this one. Well, I had pastors. I had a, a table of pastors one time. just They were just red-faced angry at me. I didn't even start it. I actually have had that a couple of times now that I think about it. Why? Because I stood up. There there was a. We were in a meeting one time, and a a local pastor in the area had was was answering questions in the in in the newspaper. Do they still do the newspaper? Is there still a newspaper in Stillwater? This was twenty years ago. And he was answering questions, and somebody they would people would write in, ask the question, and then they would then they would he would answer the question, and he would answer questions on all kinds of things. Somebody wrote in and asked the question: Is homosexuality a sin? And he answered biblically. He said, yes, homosexuality is a sin. And he listed the verses in the Bible. And he said, he spent the last two-thirds of the article saying, so is lying. Lying is sin. Stealing is sin. Coveting your neighbors, whatever is sin. He, he spent one-third answering their question and two-thirds saying, sin is sin, eh? And it became a thing here in Stillwater. I don't know if you remember this. It was about 20 years ago. We actually was making uh, statewide news, and there were people, there were groups who were saying they were going to boycott Stillwater because of this bigoted uh, attitude of Stillwater. And they're not coming until that pastor's removed, and he doesn't get to be in the newspaper anymore, and all these things. And we were all rejoicing. It's like, good, stay home. And so I went to the local ministerium and I said, excuse me, I said, guys, I said, and right at that exact same time, there was a a pastor up in, up in Northern Minnesota that was told he could no longer write for their paper because he was using Bible verses in, in his articles to the, you know, it was just the, 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 you know, every pastor was in a rotation. We used to do it here too. And they, like I say, they don't even do that anymore. And he was told he couldn't do Bible verses anymore. And he goes, uh, no. I will use Bible verses because that's my devotion is based upon the Word of God, and I will use. And they kicked him out. So I went to the ministerium and I said, "Guys, I said, did you hear about this guy up in northern Minnesota that was kicked out of the newspaper because he he, he couldn't? They didn't want him to use uh, uh, Bible verses in his his devotional, and they kicked him off the paper. And oh, they were all they were all so mad. Oh, they were so indignant. Oh, we." They can't tell us what to do. I said, "How would you handle that?" I said, oh, we're all going to. We would use Bible verses in ours, and we'd stand with. I said, "Awesome! So glad to hear that." Because have you heard about this pastor who wrote this article about homosexuality as being absolutely tarred and feathered? And they turned on me. There were only two in the room, other than myself, that thought we should band together as pastors and stand with this man. And what happened is uh, there, were other, there was a pastor, he screamed at me. He goes, are you trying to tell me that I'm to tell the loving homosexual couples in my church that they're sinners? I said, yes. I mean, scrape spit flying. You want to be persecuted? Stand up for something. There's opportunities every day to stand up for something, whether it's in the workplace or your neighborhood or, or wherever you are. Stand up. Now, I'm not saying be a jerk. Because there's actually, a, there's verses, I think it's in Peter, it says don't be persecuted for being, doing dumb things, you know, stealing, killing. That's not, do, if you're going to be persecuted, do it for righteousness. But if you're not being persecuted, that means you're what? You're not doing what we're here to do. We're not being salt and light. I told you this was going to be a rough one. I'm so sorry. Why? Because the body the, the world needs the body of Christ to stand up. The world needs us to tell them what is the truth? What is the truth? You know, if if they're going to hell, we got to tell them they're going to hell. We we need to tell them they're in sin. We need to tell them they're wrong. How many of you have no, don't raise your hands. Have you ever been persecuted by your children? I said don't <laughs> raise your hands. Why? Because you told, your, you told your son or your daughter, you know, that's, don't live that way. That's not the right, don't do that. Here's what the word says. You can be persecuted by your family, but I would rather tell someone I love that they're wrong and they're making wrong choices than to lie to them and say Nothing. We have to make a difference. Because if we don't make a difference, no one else will. No one else in this world is going to stand up for righteousness, except for the believers. But when you do, you're going to be persecuted. You're going to have somebody malign you for the truth. But what do you do in the midst? Okay, let's turn that corner. Turn to Matthew. This is what Jesus said about persecution. This was actually much earlier than the the night that he was betrayed. Matthew chapter 5, beginning with verse 10. It is the Sermon on the Mount part of it. Matthew 5.10 says, Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you, falsely on my account. Their accusations, even though they might be stating certain facts, are false because when you put it up against the the, the knowledge of Jesus Christ, his knowledge, the knowledge of him, the truth of the word of God, always trumps anybody else's opinion. Always. Whether they believe it or not. It trumps that knowledge. It it trumps that statement or whatever it is. My God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. That is a truth. So when someone says, you're going to fail, I have never seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging bread. So when you're in a situation where somebody's telling you you're going to fail, you're going to fail financially, they're stating what they see, but they're not stating the Word of God. So we go all the way back to faith, who are you going to believe? Now, is the circumstance real? Yes. we're 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 not saying that I don't believe what I see. I see what I see, but the Word of God says I'm not going to fail. We have to know what the Word of God says when we stand, because you can't stand on presumption. You can't stand on your opinion. You can't stand on tradition. You, can't stand, you stand only. The only thing that's firm ground is the Word of God. But when you have that on your side, don't get off it, don't give up the position. Blessed, verse, again, uh, verse 11 again. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Verse 12, rejoice and be glad for your reward is great in heaven for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You're in good company. If they persecute you at work because you're a Christian and whenever they start Saying the stuff that they're saying. And you go, and, and here's the deal. You don't have to be mean about it. You don't have to be a jerk about it. But if somebody says, ah, pick a subject. I keep, I, I, you know, there's the ones I always fall back to. Pick any subject. Oh, here's a good one. Cohabitation. Now, that's not, you know, the biggies that everybody's so concerned about. We usually kind of gloss over that one. For those of you who don't know, cohabitation means living together before you're married. Well, but you don't understand. It's 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 monetary. It's about monetary, really? No, it's about obeying the word of God. You know, I've had to tell Christians. I've had to tell believers. Now I'm not I'm not saying shame on them. I'm not I'm not I'm not slapping. I'm not trying to be you know any of the. I'm just telling them that the truth. That the truth. The word the word of God says. Why don't you guys get married? Because when you're married, there's a blessing that goes with, being, with doing it the way God called you to do it. I didn't have to slap me on going, oh, you're such a heathen and you're so terrible and you're, who do you think, why are you, Bob? You just say it nicely and they're going to get ticked at you. You don't, you, don't, you don't have to work it up. You could just say, hey, the Bible says, and I've told people, the Bible says that if you do this right, there's a blessing. Let's sort this out. Let's you know if you're going to get married, great. But hey, let's separate. I've actually had people move in with us because you know you don't you don't just tell them what you know what 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 is true without giving them some help because okay they, this couple were together and they were they were going to get married but they were living together for financial reasons. I don't know if there was any other reasons, but it was financial. I'll believe that. And I said, come on, guys, you you're, you're going to get married. Well, but we can't. We can't afford to not. You know, to have two places, I said, then good, then one of you is moving in with us. And they did. Tell the marriage. Give them hope. Give them help. If someone comes to you and says, I'm going to abort my baby, don't, don't, don't yell at them and go, you're a heathen if you do that. You're sinful. That's horrible. they go, hey, here's the deal. God has a plan for that child. God has a plan for that baby. Yeah, but I, I, I can't afford the baby. Let me help you figure this out. There, are, there is help. Let me introduce you to somebody who does have the means to help you. Here, I'll stay with you and walk with this whole nine months or six months or whatever. I'll walk with you through it. I'll help you. I'll be there. You call me when you're, in, when you're, when you're sad. You call me, you call, hey, you need help with this. Here, here's some money out of my pocket. Here. Let's not, let's, let's not do that thing. That's what the kingdom of God does. That's what believers do. But you say that kind of stuff out in the world. I just saw a, a video the other day. It made me laugh. It was horrible, but it made me laugh because this guy was interviewing this woman who was clearly whatever she was. I mean, I know what she was, but I just she was clear. And he said, "Is it okay to trans uh, to, to uh, oh gosh, I can't even think of it. transition? Do you, is it okay to transition children?" And she goes, "Absolutely." He said to Christianity. <laughs> and she went off. <laughs> Absolutely not. Oh my gosh. Oh, that's so horrible. And just started reviling this person because they just, they dared to talk about trans, you know, helping someone become a believer. Yeah, you can go ahead and mutilate them, give them all kinds of horrible drugs that will, that will maim them and, and disfigure them and wreck, I mean, hurt them for the rest of their life. But you want to introduce him to the king of kings, lord of lords, oh, shame on you. You're going to get transitioned. No, no. Persecuted. <laughs> That's the word. <sighs> Strike that one from the record. Persecuted. You're going to get persecuted. Thank you, Susanna. Boy, you want to start a great conversation with your unsaved relatives over a lunch sometime when they when they're just talking and they're just spouting off, throw some Bible in there. Watch what happens. Okay, you're me. Yeah, you're judging me. No, I'm not. Yeah, yeah. Has anybody ever has anybody ever told you you're judging me? You know, you're. Yeah, well, of course. I mean, if you've ever had that confrontational moment, they're gonna you're judging me. I said like, I'm not judging you. I'm just telling you what the Word says. If you feel judged, hmm. It's amazing, it's conviction. conviction. You're judging me, you're you're holier than thou. No, truly I'm not, I'm getting better. It's better than I used to be. That's not what we're talking about here, we're talking about the Word of God. And when when I compare my life to the Word of God, there's some things I have to work on, and some things I have to renew in my mind, and there's some things I have to change. So why would it be any different for you, them, whoever it is, that when you share, they, they, they're going to have to make a decision. But if they've, if they've persecuted God, if they've persecuted Jesus, they're going to persecute you. And he says, blessed are those who are persecuted. Do you want to be blessed in life? Put yourself in a position where you get persecuted. Wow, that won't preach. Put that on a t-shirt. You want to be blessed in life, put yourself in a position where you get persecuted. <laughs> That's why we're going to spend weeks at this. We're going to get there. Now, don't not come back, okay? Don't, don't say, oh, I'm taking three weeks off here. Go to 2 Corinthians. In case you were thinking, maybe there weren't enough Bible verses that say this. I'm not, I'm not, not cherry-picking here, folks. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. This is the Apostle Paul. He's talking about his life. Do you know he had it made? The guy had it made. He was in with the in crowd of the Jewish, the, the, the Jewish religion, the Jewish leadership. He was the, the best student under the best leader in all of Israel. He had everything. He said He said he had everything. He had it all worked out. He was even actually pretty much living it. And God got a hold of him and reversed his whole theology. So all he started to do was to preach, and they started doing to him what he used to do to believers. And what does Paul say about this? 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 says, So to keep me from becoming conceited about the surpassing greatness of the revelations, a thorn was given to me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan, to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness." Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly in my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then I am content with the weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, I am strong. Now, you might be thinking, if you've heard these, this this uh, series of verses before, you might be thinking, why? Pastor John, why are we talking about Paul's thorn in the flesh when we're talking about persecutions? Because I thought I was always taught I'm not I'm not this I'm just saying what I, what, what you could be saying you could be saying well I was always taught that, that Paul's thorn in the flesh was sickness or that Paul's thorn in the flesh was was a deformity he had bad eyes. He had bad feet. He had to walk everywhere. Anybody ever heard those sermons? Yeah, of course you have. You're nodding. You've heard people say that. But I've studied it out a little bit more, and I've read a whole bunch of people that that know are a lot smarter than me. And he's not talking about a physical ailment. He's talking about persecutions. Paul had an amazing revelation of, of the things of God. He said he was caught into the third heaven, whether in, in the bodily form or in the spirit. He didn't know which. He wasn't sure. But when he saw it, what he saw was amazing. He couldn't even talk about everything he saw. And to keep from being conceited about these revelations is what he said. A thorn in the flesh sent by... You're right, yes. You, sent by... Was it sent by God? Did God give him bad eyes so he wouldn't be conceited? No. Did he give him club feet because he, he was so he wouldn't be conceited? Where did the thorn in the flesh come from? Satan. Satan. Did did Satan give him bad eyes and club feet? No, because that's not what it's talking about here. I'm gonna show you. There's three different ways. I'm gonna show you why that's not true. He's talking about persecutions, and in the middle of his description of, of, the, of being in persecutions, he, we're gonna see the power of God. The first is this. Anybody anybody ever heard of Rick Renner? You know who Rick Renner is. Rick Renner is a phenomenal Bible teacher. Uh, My wife and I, we were part of a congregation. He was actually, he spoke over at at Abundant Life Church many, many years ago. Pastor Dan met him and and he came and spoke. He here too? Yeah, he was here too. And I didn't know who he was. And I I sat through the first one. I was absolutely blown away. This this guy knows the, the, the Greek New Testament better than most written all kinds of books about it, still teaches on it on a daily. You can find all of his stuff on YouTube. He wrote this, and this I'm just taking a snippet out of his book and where he's talking about this. And it talks about, in, in the ESV, it talks about uh, that he, uh, he was harassed in verse 7. In your King James, if you're looking at King James, it says buffeted, He says the word buffet in the Greek word blah blah blah, it's all Greek to me, that comes from the word blah blah blah, a word that describes the fist or knuckles. When it becomes the word blah blah blah, as Paul used it in 2 Corinthians 12 7, it refers to beatings with the fist. The Greek tense describes unending, unrelenting, continuous, repeated beatings. And we know that's what happened. Everywhere that Paul went, he would preach and there was either revival or there was riot. And sometimes there was revival and riot. And and I'm going to read the list of his beatings here in just a moment. And in this situation, it says that that we just read the verses. He says, I prayed three times and asked God that this would stop. And he said, my grace is sufficient for you. Why in the world would God want you to experience? Why would God allow you to experience persecution? And in Paul's case, literal beatings. This, this means Paul is not telling us of a single event, but of a series of many events. The word that's used for buffet gives us our greatest insight into the thorn in the flesh. Paul is writing about this verse. He said, Paul is saying, that the thorn in his flesh was everywhere he went, he got beat up for the, for the cause of Christ. Now, like I said, I'm going to read you the, the list of beatings. This is in Second Corinthians 11. Go back one chapter. See, and that's why I'm saying there's more than one p- proof that is pointing to this because it says it before in the chapter before and it says that at the end of the chapter what, it's, what he's really talking about here. In 11.23, before he says that, that a thorn in the flesh was given to him, says in 11:23 in he says, "Are they servants of Christ? I am a better one. I am talking like a madman with far greater labors, far more imprisonments, with countless beatings and often near death. Five times I received the hands at the hands of the Jews, the 40 lashes less one, just to put that in, in context. Five times he was whipped with a, with a, a cat of nine tails. Five times, 40 la- 39 lashes. Because they thought 40 would kill you. So they gave you 39. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day was, it was adrift at sea. On frequent journeys in danger from rivers, danger from robbers, danger from my own people, danger from Gentiles, danger in the city, danger in the wilderness, danger at sea, danger from false brothers, in toil and hardship, through many sleepless nights, in hunger and thirst, often without food, in cold and exposure. And apart from other things, there is the daily pressure on me, by my anxiety for all of the churches. Who is weak and I am not weak? Who is made to fall and I am not, I am not indignant? If I must boast, I will boast of the things that show my weakness. Why? 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 Why does Paul, remember when, when, when Paul was uh, uh, the road to Damascus and he fell and he was blinded and, and then got, the Holy Spirit showed up to whatever the guy's name was, Ananias. He, said, he showed up to Ananias he says, you need to go pray for Paul and you need to tell him that you know, about me and he says, you need to tell him that he's going to suffer much for my kingdom, for me. Why? Why, why, why? Why, would, would, why do we have to go through persecution? The reason we have to go through persecution is this, this literally, this, this fight between light and darkness, good and evil, God and the devil, this fight is for keeps. And there will be persecutions. There will be hardships. If if you think that somehow you're going to make it through this without hardships and and persecution, you're deluding yourself. If you don't want to be persecuted, don't do anything. But if you want to move the cause of Christ, if you want to be a disciple... And that's what we're talking about. Let's go deeper with God. Yay! If you want to go deeper with God, you're going to be persecuted. You will be, I guarantee it. Well, do you think maybe I can work this where I can still be you know, influential and not be persecuted? No. You will be persecuted. Now, I'm really hoping you don't get beat up everywhere you go. I'm really hoping I don't get beat up everywhere I go. But persecution ha- can happen by somebody going, oh, you think, you're, you think you're better than me because you're a Christian. Okay, <laughs> if Paul could go through what he go- went through, you can go through that. If you can't go through that, come on. If you, can't, you know, I used, to, I used to think, well, if I say this, what if, they, per, what if, what if they, they make fun of me? I had to come to the point in my discipleship, in my going deeper with God, that I didn't care anymore. I don't care if somebody gives me a hard time. I don't care if somebody teases me. I don't you know. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. And if sticks and stones come, he'll, you know, he'll give me grace through that too. I mean, praise God we live in America. Praise God we live in America. They don't go around beating up Christians all the time. They're starting to. So that's not outside of the... I told you this is going to be a rough one. Give somebody a hug again. Come on, just encourage them. Because here's the deal, folks. If you want to go deeper with God, it's it's going to cost us. It's going to cost you. Well, I don't want it to cost me. Well... Here's the choice you get to make. Here's the choice I have to make. Am I willing to go through the persecution of the next step of what God's calling me to? I have to make that decision. Now, can I have the worship team come back up, please? Sorry, worship team. I didn't get them into a rousing, lathering excitement to sing the song with all... But I want you to now sing these songs seeing the words... Because we're not done, we're not done yet with this. We'll come back to this next week, beyond. But when you read these words about some of the words, throw the words up there for that that song that we ended on, real quick. Christ is my firm foundation, the rock on which I stand when everything around me is shaken. I'll put my faith in Jesus. He'll never let me down. He's faithful through all generations. So why would he fail me now? If, I, if he's asking me to step across that line, and to put my life on the line for this, whether it be somebody teasing me or somebody killing me, why, why would he ask me to do that if he's not going to be there to pick it up, to, to help me, to give me the grace through it? He'll give you the grace. But you have to, if you, you want to go deeper with God, and I want you to go deeper with God this year, then it's time to take a stand. It's time to take a stand where he, where he puts you and where he places you and what he tells you to say and do. Because I guarantee you'll do the thing you don't want to do in that moment, I guarantee it. But you do it anyway, do it by faith, and there is, please stand, there is a blessing that goes with that.